Welcome to Through Thick and Skin, a podcast about two sisters in business together on a mission to demystify skincare and aesthetic medicine, your online resource for unfiltered truth in a very filtered world. We're your hosts, Megan Patterson and Aaron Jensen. You might know us from Instagram, where our business, The Treatment Skin Boutique, has garnered followers through the ever-popular Mondays with Megan story series for offering insight on skincare and treatments in an easy-to-understand, candid way. Backed by the expertise of aesthetic PA, expert injector, national National trainer and brand builder Aaron Jensen. We are here to drop knowledge, cutting out the bullshit, or making you laugh along the way. Welcome to Through Thick and Skin Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Jensen. And I'm Megan Patterson. And today we have an extra special edition. So special we're not even numbering it as an episode. No, I'm calling it like episode number 7.5 because we just released the travel episode seven, and we already had something pre-recorded for eight, but this episode that we've had, we actually have a special guest. It's yes. not just an like emergency episode, but we also have a special guest that's been on our hit list since we first created this podcast. Um, so we had to get her on here ASAP yes. because of the current uh, affairs. And uh, yeah, so Aaron, why don't you introduce our special guest? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have known this person for several years. We established our friendship via Instagram, like, you know, any good new uh, relationship does. <laughs> and she is just an amazing, badass, like super smart, but very cool and down to earth person. Yes. And today we are very, very excited to welcome Dr. Cassie Majestic to our podcast. Yes. Welcome, Cassie. Say hello, Cassie. Hello, ladies. Thank you for having me. I've been dying to be on this podcast, let me just tell you. So things are a little different today. Um, we are being mindful of social distancing, and usually we like to rec- uh, interview our guests in person, but we're doing this uh, electronically today Yes. to make sure we are all protecting ourselves. And so no one gets pissed at us. Megan and I are living together right now. We are social distancing together, so... If we're contaminated, we're going to be contaminated together. Yeah. I mean, I live alone. So my biggest fear is that I'd like choke on my vomit. (laughs) And if I got the flu and nobody would find me for days because everyone's minding their own business. So I'm staying with Erin right now. So we're recording this from her living room and there's no video. So I'm sorry to a few of our our followers who watch us on the treadmill, like our friend Frank, um, who watches us on YouTube. We're not doing that this episode, but don't worry in the future, we will definitely have the video, uh, in addition to the audio. But today we are, uh, interviewing Cassie through the phone. So we're super stoked to have her. Um, like Aaron said, she's a total badass. She happens to be a doctor. Uh, beyond that, she's a super sweet, humble, brilliant woman that I've gotten to know because I've been, you know, uh, with Aaron for the past few years. And like, I first met Cassie at that figs meetup yes. that you guys had. Do you remember that Cassie? Yes, I do. It was on this beautiful rooftop. And I was thinking to myself, who is this lovely lady that Aaron brought? Who <laughs> <seems to> know <laughs> She was my photographer, personal assistant. I love her. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. We were actually like, Aaron was like, just pretend you're my assistant. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I wasn't working at the time, so I was like, fine. <laughs> but it was it was really cool to meet you. And Figs, the scrub company that Aaron and Cassie are both ambassadors for, they've modeled for, had this like kind of hosted meet and greet where like pre-PA, pre-med students were able to meet Cassie and Aaron. And it was rad because yeah. it was like a little mixer and, and the owners of Figs were there. I mean, this was a few years ago when it was super humble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, absolutely. I don't even think that they... Like they were not the size of the company they were now, but that's where I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's where you and Cassie first. 
we connect connected on Instagram first. And then that was the first time we met in person. Right, Cassie? Yes, yeah. that's correct. But I felt like I knew you pretty much immediately. I think since I had been dating my husband for so long and got married so young, I like date friends on social media. Like I feel like part of me missed out on like connecting with random people. So I love meeting people on Instagram and yeah, just finding out who I like beforehand. But yeah, Cassie's totally cool. One of my really, really good friends. So Cassie, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, your background, where you're from, that that good spiel. Yeah. So I grew up in a small town in Michigan, little Midwestern girl, had some big dreams to be a doctor from a really young age, actually, and um, moved away as soon as I could, went to Arizona State, had a lot of fun, um, ended up at Ohio State for medical school, and then back out in California for residency. So I'm an emergency medicine physician, and I practice in Orange County, um, California, and really my day-to-day life is a balance of work and play because work is so, we're so in the trenches in the emergency department. So I love to have a lot of fun in my free time. Um, I married a firefighter. So, you know, the emergency life kind of encompasses everything that we do. Um, So we love to, you know, just hang out by the beach and be with friends in our free time and have a lot of fun when we have the ability to. That's awesome. So you, California is your place. You're staying here. 100% finally have roots here bought a home six months ago so we're here to stay Uh, so how are you holding up with everything going on right now so um, if you guys hear this episode in the future we have just entered the uh, stay at home what's it safer at home Mm -hmm. mandate from the state of California um, because of COVID-19 and I'm sure you are just hitting it in the trenches super hard like tell us about how you're feeling what's going on right now are you sick of talking about it honestly cassie we don't have to talk about it if it's triggering for you (laughs) i am totally okay talking about it i i feel like it's in my nature (laughs) just want to make sure you're in the right mental headspace to have this conversation with us because i'm a good friend like that i like to ask permission (laughs) that is so sweet of you megan that is so sweet of you um no i feel like that's what we do we run into the face of danger right like that's what I do at work, at least, even if it's just pulling a foreign body out of someone, you know? Oh, I cannot wait. That's scary. We'll get there. I we'll cannot get wait there. to ask about all the foreign bodies you're pulling out. Oh, yes. Yeah, so coronavirus has, has had us all kind of in a tiz, I feel like. You know, everyone's worried, but we're trying not to panic because maintaining a sense of control and calm is really important, especially in my line of work. So everyone's working, you know, as hard as we can and doing our best to, you know, follow what everyone's recommending and spread that education to the general public. Now, when you uh, talk to people about recommendations, are you going off of your experience with recommendations, your hospital's recommendations, the CDC's recommendations? Because I feel like there are a lot of different people that have different recommendations at this point. Yes. And that is very confusing for people, I think, in general. So I like to use a combination of both. Um, I think that the CDC recommendations are always excellent because obviously they apply to everyone. Um, it's not just countywide like it would be from my hospital. Um, so I like to take those and kind of make it as basic and simple as possible so that people will understand exactly what we're asking. Um, and then, you know, kind of get into a little bit more detail um, when necessary. And, you know, if you see that people maybe don't understand something or they aren't following something that we're, tr- we're explaining, then you kind of got to get into a little bit more detail. But I use a combination of a lot of different resources. Yeah. 
No, I think that's good. I think there, in my opinion, there's a lot of panic out there right now. And I mean, I think there's, we should all be concerned and do our part to help this process. But, you know, I have had at least four people text me personally asking for antibiotics to prep in case they got an infection. And I love all you guys because I know everyone that texted me <laughs> listens to this podcast. Uh-huh. But I mean, even just with that one, the girl who deals Botox asking for antibiotics for a viral infection you don't even have yet. I mean, all those things, there's so many wrongs with those things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Are people asking you like, hey, I'll, I'll pay you double the market value for surgical gloves or mask. Like meet me at this corner. I'll be in an unmarked car. Like, are you do? you know, people are trying to be like, hey, 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 can I get some, you know, like specific doctor ration things? Like, are people trying to abuse that or? I've seen a lot of abuse actually in the hospital. Like we had um, some people in the beginning driving up to the front of the emergency department and just taking the masks that were sitting out there. Like I actually saw a woman drive up and send her children out to grab the masks. And That's then so she ratchet. drove the getaway car. <laughs> so oh my gosh. <laughs> if you were, if, if you were close enough, would you be like, listen late? Like, would you say something? Or you just throw your hands in the air? You're like, I'm not trying to go to jail over some, cause I would go to jail. I would get, I would choke him. <laughs> Over some masks, but that I would go to jail with you. Sorry, (laughs) you'd be like, I ride or die with Megan. Okay, she's trying to protect the doctors and the nurses and the people in the hospitals who are who are actually trying to help others, not just that paranoia. I mean, uh, you know, for you, do you are you getting any um, dumb questions right now, or are you more of a a nice person with compassion that understands that people don't know? I mean, are are you just like at your wits' ends with patients? Are you like I'm over this. Or how are you like mentally handling all the the inquiries? I think that being in emergency medicine itself just prepares you for something like this because it's something that we deal with constantly. So in America, we know that we overuse our emergency system. And so I'm constantly trying to educate. So I'm used to that kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. yes, it's very frustrating. Um, But I think at this point, I'm trying to have a little bit more compassion just because people, people don't know. And if you listen to the news and the media, I mean, it's confusing for me. I can imagine how it is for for someone who's not in medicine, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm trying my best to really keep it, you know, simple and continue to enforce, you know, that education where I can. Yeah, I loved how the Orange County Public Health put out a statement and then retracted it. It's like, just kidding. This doesn't mean what we said it did. So <laughs> yes. we didn't explain it. And you work in Orange <laughs> County, right? Yes, I do. Yeah, and then two days later, two days later, they actually came out and said it. And that's what they were trying to say from the start. So... That confused me even. Yeah. And we have listeners all over the country that like the state of Illinois is in some, you know, something different. And yeah, there's just a lot of, a lot of confusion going on. So I could just imagine like, I mean, me personally, I would just feel like so stretched thin answering the same 80 questions. I mean, for people that come in to see you at your current hospital, like what is the current protocol? Like, uh, if for somebody who's checking in a person, like, are they, um, kind of like vetted for before they even see you like do you are you even seeing clients that are possibly infected or like what what's the current protocol at your hospital so the protocol is changing every day Mm. and we've always been really good about 
you know, masking a patient who has a cough or any respiratory symptoms, but we're, we even force that to the nth degree now. So you don't even set foot <laughs> into an emergency department now. If you have those symptoms, you'll be masked immediately. Um, we are cohorting patients, which means we're putting them in only one area if they have those symptoms so that we're exposing the least amount of people um, so that you don't, you know, if one of them tests positive, then you don't run into the problem of having 100 people coming into contact with them, you know, healthcare workers included. Have you had anyone positive at your hospital? Can you say that? Or in your we county? will not reveal where exactly I work, but the answer is yes. Okay, got it. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, my goodness. So what is a, say if someone is healthy, healthy, let me give you a scenario. I'm 30 years old. I have a low grade fever and a cough. Should I go to the ER? No, absolutely not. Okay. What if I have a pre-existing condition, like I'm immunocompromised or have diabetes? So those are always concerns because those people are at greater risk of having a negative outcome. But if you are stable at home, you're instructed to monitor your symptoms, including your temperature. Fever does not count as a reason to come to the emergency department. We are recommending that patients treat themselves with Tylenol at this point for that. And unless you're in a, in a space where you are very short of breath or you have severe chest pain, you pass out, you're confused, you know, something on that level is when you should be presenting to an emergency center. Um, and even then, you know, if you're calling the paramedics, you should be notifying them of your symptoms so that they don't expose themselves without being ready. And if you're driving yourself, same thing. We ask that you call before you come just to notify everyone. Oh, that's good to know. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have thought about that. Like, Hey, heads up that big blonde bitch coming through. <laughs> Give her a mask. In the silver In the Lexus. Yep. That's me. I'm pulling up. Do you have valet? Cool. Um, could you wash the car while I'm in ICU for the next two weeks? Thanks. Do you know I want what, the detail package when I, too. When they did my LASIK surgery, they, when I walked in, they're like, oh, can we have your car keys? We're going to wash your keys while you're having your LASIK surgery. I'm like, that is customer service. Wash your keys? Wash my car. Sorry. Oh. Wash my car. Ah. I came out and then my car was fully washed. Yeah, that's pretty brilliant. Nice, huh? Yeah, I wonder. But probably those... not doing it at the ER. Yeah, right probably not doing that at Kaiser. No. So <laughs> <laughs> No shade to Kaiser, I'm just saying. Um, oh, okay. So, well, that's good to know that, like, oh. if you are, because I think a lot of people, there is, like, some paranoia, like, oh, my gosh, like, I have a tickle in my throat, you know? Like, do I self-quarantine this, that, or the other? Um, but... Also, I could imagine like there is not enough space in the ER for some of these people because I've, I've heard like it like the you know, like when you're waiting to be seen, you know, like there could be like a two to three hour wait. But if you say you have certain symptoms, it like cuts you ahead of the line like it's like a shady way. So do you do you have a way of like who is the one who actually can tell if it's like legit? Like do you get a lot of pe people who are like trying to um, be dramatic in their symptoms just to get in to see you? And then you're like, you just like, do you ever, are you ever feel like, oh my gosh, like you just have a simple cold and you came in here super dramatized and now I'm not able to help that person who really does have something more serious or severe. Definitely. I think that, um, based on the locations where I've worked, there's always a little bit of that. And I think the staff and the nurses and, and emergency room techs who are out there, they have a pretty good idea of how to triage patients. I mean, mm -hmm. that's what they do. They're experts at it. So we take into consideration vital signs in addition to the symptoms that you're describing and your age. 
So, you know, chest pain is one of those things. Anyone can say they have chest pain, but what we really worry about, you know, a 20-year-old with chest pain who has no risk factors and normal vitals versus a 70-year-old, probably not. So that plays into it a little bit, even if there is drama (laughs) involved. You would be dramatic at an ER. I feel like Megan. I I really, I've (laughs) never, I'm trying to think the last time I took myself um, to urge, oh my gosh, this was pretty dramatic. I can't believe I'm sharing this story. Oh my God. I didn't think it'd come this soon in the podcast, but so I was living in Vegas and I was on Tinder. This was 2014. This was the last time I was on Tinder. And I met this guy who is a total cutie, hot and lived in Vegas. He wasn't like a transient. So a girl living in Vegas and a guy living in Vegas on Tinder, that was like unreal. And he was cute and had a good job. It was like perfect except for the fact that he gave me strep throat (laughs) and I didn't take it serious I had just started a grad school and I was like I got day one of my grad program like I can't miss this and he's like oh I don't feel good I think I got he's like I think I got strep I was like whatever I'll take a (laughs) z-pack and be good I end up having to get um steroid shots aspirin in my like injections in my butt like or what do they do isn't it like a liquid (laughs) anyways i dragged myself to the las vegas uh er and uh and it was just very scary because i felt like my throat was closing in and what happened the moral of the story was that i did not take it serious I just thought that I could like drink some juice and sniff some essential oil and strep throat would pass. I know I'm sounding like your worst nightmare, right, Cassie? I mean, yes and no. Like you, I like, I like a sense of, you know, I'm just going to manage this at home, try what I can. Mm -hmm. And you're right. I mean, the majority of the time it does go away, but there are those times where it's, a little bit more advanced. <laughs> you probably could have saw your primary care doctor a few days in. <laughs> yes. And then they could have and shot I, your butt up I, there. I really like, I'm I'm as healthy as a horse. Like the other times I've been to the hospital were for broken bones in accidents. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like I'm, I'm very much like, like you said, like I will drag myself when I feel like it's past the point of no return. Yeah. Uh, and that was the point of no return. And I just didn't take it easy per suggested. I kept trying. I thought like, oh, I don't have to work. I could clean out my closet. I could like organize my apartment. I could like detail my car. And I kept doing that until finally the doctor, the doctor was like, you need to just lie down on the couch and binge watch and sleep for a week. And I did that and I finally got better. And then at the end of all this, that Tinder dude ended up dumping me through a text message. Asshole. What? The day I got better. Yeah, it was fuck. I said, listen, bro. <laughs> I totally manned up on him. I said, listen, dude, you're not fucking dumping me on a text. I'm calling you at 6 p.m. sharp and we're going to talk about this. And he was like, Ugh, okay. And I called him and I was like, listen, I just came out of a really traumatic, like self-induced coma for two weeks. I gained like 20 pounds because all I did was eat bread and you're going to dump me on a text. And he's like, well, well, well. And I said, listen, I'm not going out like that. All right, we're done. And fuck you. And it, it felt very empowering because I was like, I'm not going to go out like that. And best of luck to whatever his name was. Um, so anyways, Cassie, um, why would I bring that? I brought that up. Because oh, I said, were you dramatic at the ER? Oh, and yes. And that was dramatic. I remember texting Aaron, Me. my brother or Aaron. Aaron like delivered food to my apartment in Vegas. And this was before Postmates. Um, and my brother, I like cried to her and I was like, I just want a Jamba juice. Cause that's all I could eat. And I was like, I'm so alone and I'm so lonely. I just want somebody to bring me a Jamba juice. And, um, it was, yeah, it was, it was, that to me was my last ER scenario. And, um, and yeah, it was definitely, it, yeah, it just felt, yeah, uncomfortable. So, 
Um, I don't, that let's was my story. Get, so uh, let's talk about some more fun stuff then. You got any fun yeah. you questions, Megan, on deck? We, I didn't want to make this all about Corona. Like you guys are getting yeah. information about Corona that's like like from like a fire hydrant. You know what I mean? It's just like nonstop information. I personally had to like take a step back from social media, from Twitter, from a lot of my friends, actually. Like I was just done seeing their like panic inducing videos. Like for me, I just need to step away from that. So we definitely wanted to get your opinion on the Corona. And I know your personal Instagram, you're keeping people abreast like Mm -hmm. daily, girlfriend. You are like the go-to source. You're like my news. Oh, I'm honored. Yes, like Cassie Majestic, Dr. Cassie Majestic on Instagram. And we'll make sure to tag you so you could follow her and keep up with her. But um, so I wanted, these were the questions I was going to ask you anyways, before all this stuff. Like, um, so I have some questions for you, Miss Cassie, um, some fun stuff. And this is what I'm, this is going to be like my tradition for all of our special guests. Okay. Okay. Wait, really fast while you're looking this up. Is your real last name Majestic? That is a question that I get regularly. And the answer is Yes, it is. What, <laughs> what is it? Are you like, myself, what's Dr. the story behind that? What, what is your dad's, what's the deal with your dad and his family's <laughs> lineage? Yeah, my dad is Polish and it changed from Majeski to Majestic somewhere along the lines and we still haven't figured it out. But you know what? Thank you to yes. my ancestors who did that. Majest- Thank you. That is an awesome <laughs> name. Like, yeah. It doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, that's it's Majeski's Majeski's cool too though. Yeah. But yeah. I get it like people like some people have have last names that are like more americanized once yes. they moved over here to make yes. it easier yes. to pronounce and things like that. So, yeah, Cassie Majestic, it you sound like a unicorn. <laughs> and then did I you, am going to try to be that unicorn every day of my life. So, <laughs> did you keep your maiden name? Cuz I, I did. I actually offered my name to Chris and he considered it, but um you know, there's that whole society and men and women thing. So, yeah. well, I lived in San Francisco <laughs> for years, so I have a few guy friends who took their ladies' last names. So mm-hmm. that's nothing too freaky for me. I mean, yeah, if I had uh, a cool last name like Majestic, I would totally offer it to my husband too. Mm-hmm. All right, girlfriend. Yeah. So, Doctor Cassie Majestic, here we go. Here are Megan's questions. Okay, so I need to know this. Who has been your most, since you are in the ER, you don't like see people for more than maybe like a week at a time, right? They come in and out. They're like, they're in your life for a flash, right? You don't have any regular. Okay. Is there any patient that has left like a super lasting impression on you, whether it was good or bad? So I guess maybe, maybe not everyone knows this about emergency care here in this country, but it has become almost like a primary care office for some patients because they don't have anywhere else to go. Mm. So the answer is yes. I have seen a lot more, I'll call them regulars than you would expect in an emergency department. I still only see them for a short period of time, but, um, I mean, I have some pretty funny lasting impressions, but I will say one that warms my heart is this older gentleman that used to come in all the time in his eighties. He would bring his dog. He would always ask if I was there and I've probably seen him like, 10 times. And I just felt like this was the one time that I could really, you know, check back in on someone and say, how are you doing, um, sir? Like, how's your dog? Like, let me hold your dog again. So it was like one of those warm encounters where I felt like I was actually continuing care for someone. So that's like a really warm hearted one that I can think of. Yeah. But any that just made you like want to question giving up being a doctor altogether? Oh, there's, there's a lot of those where you're like, fuck this, I'm out. You like, 
you you like put your hands across all the tongue depressors and you knock all the shit off the counter. You're like, I'm fucking out. You flip the trays. You're like, fuck in you, my, fuck in you. In my head? Yeah. In my head, that's happening regularly. <laughs> <laughs> but then you're like, I got to pay this mortgage, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, anyway. you know, but, but this patient still needs me, so I'll do it with a smile, but you got to go. Yeah. You don't have to. What is that phrase? You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Yeah, at the end of the night when they're doing last call at the club, you ain't you ain't gotta go home, but you gotta get the hell up out of here. Yeah, you gotta go. (laughs) Do you just just give them the look? Sometimes that's what I do. Like, is this really happening? Like, where you kind of. I th- the extra long pot silence. Like, they probably teach that in med school, though, huh? They probably have a course on, like, how do you have a poker face? I never I took wish, that course. I oh, wish they had a course like that. You kind of have to figure that one out on your own. Mm-hmm. But, yes, there are those patients, and you know which ones they are, where you just walk in, and I'm changing names, of course, but you walk in and you say, John, like, what what are you here for? You're here for the same thing. We saw each other yesterday. Like, yeah. you know there's nothing I'm going to do. You got to pull your pants up, pull your big girl pants up, big boy pants up, and you got to go. I you got to go. Well, yeah. yeah, because I think that they could be taking a bed from somebody who truly yeah, needs it, mm-hmm. you know, who's really, really yes. on the fringes. So, yeah, yeah you kind of have, yeah, Erin does have a look. She gives me that look where she's just like, <laughs> for real, girl? <laughs> or no, she doesn't say anything. It's on her glare, and I just walk away. <laughs> what did you? What did you wish you knew before you had started your career as a doctor? I wish I knew how much I'd have to be comfortable with confrontation. Mm. Like I had no idea and I'm not good at confrontation. I don't like it one bit, but in the emergency department, you know, you have to defend yourself all of the time. And you would think that as a physician, you have the knowledge you would get at least the respect for your opinion since someone's coming to you. But there are so many times where I have to defend my own being. (laughs) And I had no idea that medicine was going to be like that. Yeah. So wait, did you have to defend yourself from like other colleagues, like other doctors, other supervising doctors, or just like straight patients or a mixture of both? It's it's a mixture of both, but mostly patients. I mean, Mm. it's so hard to describe, but picture yourself having to deal with just any, every person in the world, every different type of person. So young and old, um, educated or maybe less so sick, not sick, but you still have to treat them like their problem is, is an emergency. Cause that's why they're coming to you. So defending yourself becomes like a regular thing because people want to feel validated. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes you can't give that to them. And that's really hard to figure out how to communicate that to people. Yeah, I I would think ER would be the, the specialty that has that the most. I'm trying to like go through all the specialties. I mean, even in the aesthetic world, yes. I have to defend myself every day. It's obviously on a lower spectrum, much lower spectrum. But um, I, I'm generalizing here, but a lot of people feel very entitled. Like they are there, they want what they want. And they're paying for it. And this is my right. And, you know, they question all the schooling and everything that you've been through. And it is, it is hard if you're not someone comfortable with, with conflict. It just mm-hmm. yes. it makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah I was it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. Like out of the, yeah, like a podiatrist probably isn't going to 
have to deal with that much like in your face or like question. I think any medical specialty does, but I think ER yeah. would be. I'm not downplaying podiatrists. I wish I was a podiatrist. They're probably rolling in. They are. They're banking yeah, and they, they just have them. to t- treat, you know. <laughs> but um, the so was there was there a, I mean, I'm not saying I, uh, like my experience in customer service. I'll never forget the first moment somebody called me like a useless bitch. It was very specific. I was on the phone with somebody and I was trying to help her. I was working at the W and um, I didn't give her, I gave her an answer she didn't want to hear. It was no or something or I couldn't or we were sold out and she was like, you are a useless piece of shit. And I was like, it took my breath away. Like I had to go outside and cry in the alley because I was so shook at this woman who didn't even see me. It was on the phone. Like, cause who has the balls to say that to my face? Like a very ruthless raggedy bitch has Mm -hmm. the balls to say something like that. (laughs) But like, did you have your first moment? Like, was there, when was the first moment when you, like maybe you were like in still in residency or you were first time like out of the nest and you were like a full blown doctor and somebody said that to you and you were like shaking, you know, when that feeling when like you can't talk because you're so angry Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or you're just so shook and you're shaking and you're like out of breath. Do you remember that cl- that patient? Yes, I absolutely do. I and I don't become that upset, you know, regularly. Like this is like maybe I can count on one hand the times that I've had tears in my eyes from something like that. Mm-hmm. And I had a patient. I was I was much younger, but I had a patient that I was just trying to help and trying to tell this person. I'm really concerned for what I'm seeing on your exam and your CAT scan. I'm concerned it could be cancer like I I really want you to deal with this soon and here's why because I can't lie to them about their results and this patient's family member came at me so hard and so quick and they said you don't say that to us you don't tell us that you don't know I hope you get cancer (gasps) oh god yes that's all fear that's all projection yeah like that's all just they just heard my family members dying and they come at you when all you're doing is trying to be of service and helpful you wouldn't say that lightly you wouldn't be like huh maybe it's cancer maybe it's not I don't know check it out like no 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 you were genuinely concerned and tip for them to take it to an oncologist or something to further assess but right and if you don't say those things and you don't explain to them exactly why you're giving them these next steps they'll come back at you later and say well you didn't tell us that this could be cancer that's we waited because you didn't tell us and now we're suing you for it you know what i mean so it's 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 not even about the legalities but it's about really communicating with people and being honest with them in a nice way yeah. i was certainly very nice about it oh, so awful. wait when she said i hope you get cancer what did you say i had to walk away i just like immediately got tears in my eyes and like shaking like you said like yeah. you how can you even respond to that? I think I, I usually my line is like, I'm going to step away yep. and <laughs> or I'll be I, back in a little bit. My practice is like, it sounds like you're upset. So I'm going to go, <laughs> give, I'm going to give you five right now. That's, I love to patronize people like that. I'm like, you sound pretty upset right now. So I'm going to go take a Kit Kat break <laughs> and I'll be back when you're ready to talk like a, an adult. Yeah. I think what right. helps me because a, a lot of people get kind of sassy in our industry, right, Megan? Would you say that? Like patients, not a lot, but. I think we're so blessed because yeah. our patients are the coolest. There's maybe like 1% that are assholes, but beyond that, everyone is so yeah. nice and cool. Well, I had, I'll tell you, I had a patient last week, like it was the day before we closed and it was just like a full moon of just everything going on. And I go in, the, my MA comes out and she was just saying that she was complaining that, you know, she, 
she wasn't getting the results she wanted, but everything looked really good. And after digging down, I was kind of like a little short with her and I'm like, okay, I got to check myself and then find out she had something like really bad happen to her earlier this year. But in my mind, I'm like, why is she coming at me like this? Like, that's not right. But if you just take a second, most of these people are hurting. So if yeah. I go into those situations, where knowing, okay, there's probably something really wrong or upsetting or hurting. And you just kind of feel for them have a little compassion. bit. Yeah. Have compassion. I think yeah. that helps me a little bit more just oh, yeah. knowing like, they're probably going through a lot more worse things than I am right now. But it's still hard to take that mentally from well, a lot of people. And that takes practice. Like, you don't just, oh, like, yeah. you're not just born with that. No. You know what I mean? Like, it's taken me 30 years to realize, like, I'm not supposed to take anything personal. Like, everybody, like, that chick who called me a useless piece of shit on the phone, anybody who cuts me off, like, it is not against me. Their cat just died. They just got dumped. They just got fired. Like, it's always something that we have no idea about, and we happen to be the person that's in the the, the line of fire that's going to be on the other end of it. So it takes a mature, compassionate person to step back and be like, you know what? It's nothing against my work. That's not why she's dissatisfied. Like, yeah. if you can show her the proof is in the pudding, let's look at the before and afters. Mm -hmm. Do you see? And then they might be like, oh, okay. And then they reveal, you know, like, it's been really tough because my whatever happened. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, Cassie, what about in your line of work if you do experience something extreme beyond that, like, abuse? Like, wh where is the, the line of where it's something that you should not endure legally? Like, does that even exist? I don't know, to be honest with you. I feel like sometimes it doesn't because in the emergency department, we take so much verbal abuse, um, in particular in physical mm -hmm. too, especially mm -hmm. when you have patients that are, you know, using some type of substance, um, or they're altered because of an illness. Um, so I, I do feel like going into this field, there's a little bit of of, you know, you're just going to take it as much as you can. But I think that where you work has a lot to do with it. And so, you know, choosing a place where you feel supported by the rest of the staff and, and like, you're going to have each other's backs, which, which we do where I work. Um, I think that that helps a lot. That's good. I think it's important to have all that support yeah. for sure. Okay. I got another question for you, Cassie. Um, what advice would you give to some, actually, you, you know what? And now that I'm saying this, I'm like, she's probably so sick of this question because Aaron gets it all the time. Um, I mean like how many girls slide into your DMS and are like, can you tell me how to be what you are? Like, a lot. yeah, that are like, I want to be you. Like, can you, can, what can you do? And I, you know, for a long time I was fielding Aaron's messages before she created her own personal IG. And at one point, Aaron was doing pre-PA school consulting. Yeah, that's a few years ago. A, few, a, long, a ago. long, long time yeah. ago. So nobody slide into the DMs to ask how to be a PA. Um, there's <laughs> other courses for that, people who definitely offer that service. But like, you know, as a general, so people can stop DMing you this. Let's just answer it right now. What advice do you give to people who are, uh, that want to pursue a career in emergency medicine? Is there a little nugget of wisdom you could offer them that's succinct? Sure. I think that if you're already on a science track and you're, you know, like you're good in school and you know, you want to go to medical school. If we're talking about emergency medicine specifically, networking is everything. And mm -hmm. that is what has gotten me to where I am today. Wow. You need to be, you need to persevere and get your network in check. And as long as you do that and you, you're in the forefront of people's emails and their lives and their conversations without being too, you know, annoying, 
You will be golden. Yeah. And most people wouldn't think of that in medicine. It's not what you know, right. it's who you know. Yeah. Most sure. people think, oh, networking is what you do if you're in sales or if you're in marketing. Mm-hmm. But no, you they I would think a typical advice would be like, get really good grades. You know what I mean? Like just sacrifice your social life and just study forever. And like, it really all depends on the GPA. But I mean, networking is kind of how you met Aaron, like through Mm -hmm. figs and like when any figs party I go to that I crash, it's like you two are like the bells of the ball. Like the OGs, (laughs) I call you guys like the Linda Evangelista and the Cindy Crawford. And then Vanessa Lee would be like the Naomi Campbell. Like, you know, like the, the heyday of Amazon models, you know, like in the nineties, like, those girls, like you guys were the original figs when figs barely had any money. Well, it's funny, uh, you know, talk about networking. I reached out to figs first and it was like, Hey, you know, we, at my old office, like we're looking to like have, you know, do some co-branding. Is this something you're interested in? Yeah. And so that was how the connection was spurred by. So you reached out to figs. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then figs had already reached out to Dr. Majestic and then you guys linked up that way. Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, I feel like I saw Aaron on social media, you know, wearing figs first and foremost. And I remember thinking to myself, that girl looks so happy and like so chill. I feel like we could be friends. <laughs> like she's wearing what I would wear. You know, I love this. I'm going to do this. That's and so now look at us. Yeah. That's so cute. Yeah. And we even like, yeah, this, you and Cassie and Aaron's friendship was super cute. I've been able to crash on some. We met up in New York, all mm-hmm. of us, mm-hmm. and that had dinner. Meet Cassie. Yeah. Uh, her husband and Aaron and we had like a really yummy little dinner and just chit chatted and stuff like that. And you were seriously, Cassie, so down to earth. I don't really know any other doctors. Um, and I think if I were to run into a doctor, they'd just talk about themselves. Well, that's kind of a generalization. <laughs> a Oops, I take that back. I retract that. Please, no doctors come at me. My future husband could be a doctor. And he's like, you know what? Fuck Megan. I'm not taking her out. But um, you're really down to earth and easy to, like, are a lot of people surprised? Have you ever had somebody where you're like, um, my name's Dr. Majestic. And they're like, ha, yeah, right. You look like you're 16. I don't believe, or like just kind of diss you, not believing you're a doctor or discrediting you. All the time. And I mean, honestly, I don't take it too personally because a lot of, um, my older patients will say that and I don't think they mean it in a negative way. Yeah. They're used to, you know, when they grew up, doctors were old and, you know, had gray white hair. Men with glasses. Like, yeah. Yeah. That have a little pop belly and they're like, your BMI is too high. <laughs> oh, yes. sorry. That was a trigger. <laughs> I'm having a flashback <laughs> where I'm like, fuck you. You have a pop belly too. <laughs> And it's easy. It's easy if you're just being yourself. Like for me, I feel very comfortable in the emergency department in that setting. That's what I'm trained to do. So as soon as you show them that, you know, most people come around and they're like, wow, my doctor's awesome, which I love, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like any disrespect that you get is just, you know, it's minimal for me. And honestly, it's, it's from those people that you just can't change their mind anyways. So just gotta keep moving on. I'm sure you can turn people though pretty easily. You know, like once you like get past a few minutes with them, then they're good. Yeah, I think I can. I think I can. And that brings me a lot of satisfaction. And you know what? I always tell my patients the day that they stop telling me, I look like I'm a high schooler is the day I'm going to run back to Aaron and be like, we got to do something. (laughs) I'll be there for you, girl. When you don't get carded, you're like, Aaron, I think yeah. I need some more Botox. I keep Cassie's face looking good and she gives me medical advice. Yeah. It works nice. out. <laughs> it All right, Cassie. So next question. What is a common myth about your profession that you'd want to debunk? Ooh. I would say 
a lot of people think that ER doctors are, I always say phrases wrong, so correct me if I'm wrong, but they say they're jack of all trades, master of none. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just disagree with that. I feel like we're the master of a lot of things, a lot of social situations, you know, resuscitation, airway. And I would like to think that I'm a master of just being in the field of emergency medicine. Like it is a tough field to be in. And I might not know, you know, endocrinology and insulin dosing to a T, but I know who to call. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, you know, looking at the whole structure of specialties, you know, I think a lot of times certain specialties are looked upon as, you know, more elevated. But when I think about it, I think primary care is probably the most difficult specialty to be in because you have to know everything about everything. Yeah. And then they're the ones getting paid the least, you know, so. Yes. um, Yeah. No, I, I, I could definitely see that. Yeah. All right, Cassie. So let's get into some fun questions. Enough about you being a doctor. Let's talk about you as a person. Okay. (laughs) You're more than just your title. Um, Okay. So if you were stranded on a deserted island, what three, what three things would you bring with you? Am I allowed to say a person? Yes. Okay. Nico said three people. Yeah. Three men on his uh, question. He said like a cowboy, a biker, and a cop. (laughs) The um, village people. Yeah. The the YMCA. (laughs) Okay, don't judge me for this because I'm not going to say water. I feel like I'd figure figure that out somehow. But yeah. my yes. husband, yes. my husband, chapstick and prosecco. And I'm sorry I didn't say sunscreen. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, you're not worried about wrinkles and sun damage if no. you're on an island and <laughs> yeah. you can only bring three things. It's like who's going to keep you entertained? Who's going to keep you happy? That's either your husband or prosecco. I'm not going to say which one is which. <laughs> That's right. That's oh my gosh. One. Okay. And so if you could have dinner with three people. And you can't include Chris on this, your husband. If you could have okay. dinner with three people, dead or alive, like if you had a little, imagine us back in New York at that tavern in the West Village or wherever we were, Eastville, I don't know, wherever we were. Four people, you and three other people for dinner, who would it be, dead or alive? Oh my gosh, this one, I knew you were going to ask me this, and I, this one's going to, I'm going to be judged so hard. So Vin Diesel, okay. <laughs> Girl, you definitely graduated high school in like the early 2000s. <laughs> Let me guess. Two that cost two thousand two, two thousand one. I'm, I'm, I don't. Oh my gosh! I'm so. These are like all men, and they're not of political importance at all. Like Vin Diesel, um, Daniel Craig, because I really want to so know. Hard. That was one of Nico's. Yeah, Ni- Nico asked Daniel Craig to be at his dinner too. His imagination. No, on dinner. his island. Oh yeah, on his island, not his dinner. He wanted to be with him forever, not just for a couple hours. <laughs> Yeah, Vin Diesel, Daniel Craig, and oh my gosh, why am I blanking on the last one? Um, he's that guy that's in all the. I'm blanking on the last Ryan one. Reynolds. <laughs> no, not Ryan Reynolds. The other Ryan. Ryan Gosling. Yes, Ryan Gosling. <gasps> yeah. Hot. That's a pretty hot little trio. That is. Yeah, definitely. I feel like that reveals a lot about me. <laughs> I'm just happy you didn't say somebody like from The Bachelor. No, no, no. Or like somebody from Laguna Hills show or something. That's where I'd be like, this call's over. I'd be like, Cassie, we're done. Bye. We're done, done, done. Oh my gosh. Okay. So what my last question is, this is like my signature question. So Cassie, what does treat yourself mean to you? Ooh, I love this question. So treat yourself to me means that you can be every ounce of who you are and enjoy every ounce of who you are whenever you want, however you want, without being concerned about what other people are thinking about you. 
That is I deep. Like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. That had nothing to do with bubble baths no. or no. Prosecco or face masks. It's it's a state of mind. It's a state of being. Yeah. Treat yourself as living in like a self-acceptance yeah. at yes. all times. Yeah, being comfortable all the time. And that is not easy. Mm-mm. No, it is not. I love it, Cassie. That's awesome. Amazing. So I'm done with my questions, but Aaron, what did you want to, what did you want to, any last? Oh, uh, yeah. Wait. We didn't talk about foreign bodies. Hello. Oh, yeah. Hello. Okay. That's every, you have to ask. Everyone wants this. to know. So yeah, I saw, I got to admit, I've been spending some more time on like the internet itself, like Reddit, which is a super dorky website. And, um, our, <laughs> and, um, I saw a video last night of a guy who had a metal ring around his Ding dong, his thingling. Yeah. What's the medical term? His penis. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah. like the beginning of it all. So like the his testicles. Like, like the testicles are through it. Okay, or? he had a cock ring on. Okay, he had a metal cock ring, and it was stuck. And they were in the ER, and this guy busted out a saw, like a handsaw. And you had three people. You had a guy who put a popsicle stick There's underneath. There's a picture or a video of this. No, it's a video. Yeah. And he put a popsicle stick underneath it so the metal saw wouldn't hit his skin right away. Yeah. Um, and they were squirting a water on it. And of course, somebody yep. was filming it. The poor dude had oxygen on. He was passed out. His junk was swollen. And they finally got like the jaws of life or like not even the jaws of life, but like the... Um, they, they sawed it a little bit and then got the pliers and snapped it off. And I felt relief <laughs> when it snapped off. Like I like released like my clenched vagina after seeing that. It looked so like how often. Wait, have you cut off a cock ring before? That was a just question. Even the word, it's, it's called a CR, yeah. a CR. I don't even like the word, the C word. Have you ever cut off a CR before off of a person? So here's the thing. Like the actual CR that you buy at, at an actual store won't get stuck, but people don't go to those stores to buy them. So they use things like, like a washer, you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. That will get stuck. And then you will have to remove it exactly like you're describing, Megan. It gets hot. You got to squirt water on Like there, there are many ways, but it's not it's freaking scary for me could, too. Could you scary imagine Cassie walking into your room to cut something off your who penis? Chooses, <laughs> who chooses the, the saw, the person like, is that a paramedic, like a fireman job because they're trained with tools no. like that? No, that's me doing that. Like oh you got, God. there's a, there's an algorithm you follow, you know, least invasive to most invasive. You don't ever want to get that saw out, but sometimes you have to, Yeah. <laughs> you have to get it from the operating room. Usually. Yeah. Like an oh. ortho tool. I yeah. think I, cause it was, a, it was a straight metal ring. It was a, a metal yeah, ring so. that was like, um, kind of like maybe like half an inch in thick. So it wasn't just like, um, something you could snip, like kind of like with, right. they yeah. had to dent, they had to like dent into it a little bit and then they used the little um, claws to like crack it open. But um, what hashtag were you looking at on Reddit when w- WTF? <laughs> no, no, no. Actually the subreddit is called awful everything. So I like to scour WTF, which is whatever, but awful everything is just like awful everything. And it was uncensored. And I felt for the guy, like, just, could you imagine like this guy probably tried every Oh, way sure. possible to get it off himself, canola oil, whatever. And yep. he has to be like, Hey guys, you know, like I have to come in. Like when these clients come in with like things shoved up their butt and weird CRs on their swollen junk, do, are they mostly kind of like with their head down? Like I'm so mortified, like, or are they just like, yo, <laughs> what happened? I'm a freak. And I went a little too far this time. So can you help me? Yeah. If they're not under the influence, um, 
which they might be by the time they come in because they've been trying to get it off for hours. Yeah. But yeah, they're, they're mortified and I feel awful, but you know, for me, I'm just like, we got to, we got to get in there. We got to do this. Like, don't be embarrassed. I've seen this before, yeah. but yeah, you got to get a little bit creative sometimes in the emergency department. That's, I guess the beauty of the field. Yeah. It's never boring. It's never boring. It's never nine to five clock in clock out. So what else have you pulled? Like instead of cutting something off somebody, what have you pulled out of somebody? Ugh, barbecue tongs, perfume <laughs> bottles. Wait, 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 wait. What was the second one? The Sorry. tongs, the metal tongs that like go click, click when you clack them together. Yeah, actually I should rephrase that because I couldn't get those out actually. But, um, you know, those patients sometimes have to go to surgery to remove those things. Um, so real quick, anything- <laughs> so something like barbecue tongs, those are very long. Those very- are like at least 12 inches. <laughs> so like does, once it goes up your butt a certain point, is it like a muscle just clenches onto it? And you have to open up somebody and cut it out. Like it goes past the point of no return where you're like, I can't dig that out. It's like another in like a hand, a grip. I, why are we not recording this episode? Cause your hand <laughs> gestures right now are so funny. You guys wish the visuals. I'm like 12 inches deep in a butthole right now, pretending to be a grip on a <laughs> barbecue hand is tongue. A claw. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So at that point, like, is there a, a rule of thumb where you're like, is it a rectum thing? Is that the right word? Yeah. Right. No, because it, you can put it up there, but sometimes I mean think about how the intestines are like they they aren't uh sometimes it'll get stuck so then you're you're pulling on something and even if you're gentle you know it's tugging on on part of the intestine up there so you don't you don't want to rip that that's not good yeah you gotta the tongue is clipping the intestine like I hope he put it in the the end not the tong tong side that has like the little teeth on it that actually grabs stuff but the other I mean, you could you could find much more rounder things. Yeah, like maybe right? he has a maybe he has a barbecue kink. <laughs> like the the smell of mesquite gets him hard. <laughs> he 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 rubs barbecue briquettes. He rubs charcoal briquettes all over his body, and then he sticks barbecue. You just don't know. You just don't know. But Megan, you'll love this one. This actually was a a patient of a friend of mine, but um, had a. Britney Spears perfume bottle in her in her ass. She and did? Ass- it was a girl who stuck <laughs> yeah. something up there? Ooh. No, it was my friend removed it. My oh. colleague removed it. And as it was being removed, it was spritzing. <laughs> like Britney would do that. Her spirit would be like, you know Oops, what? I did it again. <laughs> Brittany would be like, on my way out, she just spritz, spritz. She's like, I don't want you guys to have a bad association with me as a perfume bottle, so let's spritz some coming out of this poor situation. Oh, my gosh. Dang. Oh, that, I don't even remember the shape of a Britney Spears bottle. I think it's kind of wide. Right? Like, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. I don't even, well, our mom is an x-ray tech, and she's showed us x-rays pre-HIPAA days, you guys, uh, decades ago along the way. She had this x-ray of a guy who had a 12-inch mag light up his butt. And mag so, lights are flashlights. Yeah. the joke. That, the mag lights are the flashlights that police officers use yeah. where it's like a really long, you could fit like 12 D batteries in them and you could use it as kind of like a baton if yeah. you need to, but they're heavy yes. duty flashlights made here in Ontario. And California. it would like take up their whole, like, it went up to like his like uh, sternum. sternum. Yeah. It was <laughs> deep in there. And she'd always joke, look, it's a butt light. A butt light. <laughs> like, thanks mom. You're so funny. Yeah. Like how, um, how often does that happen? I mean, luckily where I work, not that often, but you know, it's, it's always a surprise. Like you're going about your day, your day's great. You're about to go home. And then that comes in and you're like, well, this is, I'm not going to be home for dinner, honey. Like it's going to take me a bit. Yeah. Have you ever had anybody, uh, like 
make their situation worse. Like maybe they, they were sick with something and then they stuck up like, like a lemon like up home their, remedy. Yeah. Or something home remedies. Like that, that exactly. Like backfired. A, yeah. Like a boiled lemon up their butt. And then it like, I don't know. I just see somebody doing that. Like vitamin C from the inside. Yes. I should probably explain the barbecue tongs situation a little bit further. So there was something else up there first. Oh, okay. oh you're trying to grab it. that he pushed up there it was a vibrator oh okay it was just maybe she get a bigger those will one get lost those will those will go fishing way up there like you don't go after those you, i mean you should not go after those <laughs> oh <my laughs> it's gonna gosh. make it worse <laughs> oh my gosh wow that is wild i'm sure we could have i mean just the i I just think of your patience and like your, like you kind of, you have to have a sense of humor, right? Like you can't take 100%. things too seriously. I believe yeah, that just yeah. because like your day in day out, like you can't afford to be like stressed out or really stiff in situations like that, especially when everyone's freaking out. They probably, I mean, look to you as like a source of calm and like stability when things are like, do you have like where you're working now or like your, your colleagues or anybody like, freaking out where you have to tell them to like calm down and like take a deep breath or are just nurses and doctors like, eh, to... I feel like in the emergency department, we're just a very distinct breed, you know, like you, you're, you're saying it exactly, exactly right. You have to have a sense of humor. You know, when people come through, they might hear us laughing or joking and it's never with distaste in mind. It's always because like, this is our life. This is our job. And you're right, we can't take things too seriously, otherwise we wouldn't be able to function. And, you know, I always like to tell funny stories when um, I'm doing, I mean, depending on the patient, but a lot of times I'll get the vibe that, like, the patient's nervous, so I'll tell them a funny story about another patient. And one time I had this um, uh, colleague, actually, that came in, and I had to do a rectal exam on said colleague, which was hashtag awkward. Um but they like looked at me right before and they were like, can you use two fingers? Cause I think I need a second opinion right now. And <laughs> oh we just gosh. like LOL. busted out laughing. And then he so I'll tell that story. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And then he farts. And he's like, oops, my bad. Oh my gosh. Well, I got all my questions yeah. answered from the ER doc of the century, yeah. Dr. Majestic. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I'm we glad. hope you stay safe, girl. We appreciate yeah. you so much and all of your colleagues, all the nurses, the techs, everyone who um, is keeping the hospitals afloat. Yeah. What can we do as a society to help support our medical professionals that are in the front lines right now? That's a great question. I think that if you continue to do what we're educating you to do, which is stay home, wash your hands really well, stay calm, like those are the top three things. But outside of that, there are some communities that have Facebook pages or just kind of groups that are organizing like food for those who are working a lot in healthcare. Um, and certainly if you have any like protective equipment, like masks and that kind of stuff, I think a lot of the hospitals could really use that right now. So that's always a welcome donation. So if someone set up a group to deliver like 10 pizzas to the local ER, is that something that they could legally accept? Or how does someone go about yeah. doing that? Yeah, I mean, typically, you know, doctors per se aren't supposed to accept gifts. But if it's delivered to an emergency department, like we've had patients bring in stuff all the time. And that's 
just super cool. Like everybody loves that. I think that's a great way to like warm the heart of your hardworking professionals, you know, especially in an ER where they're open 24 seven. So yeah. Or you could like support a local business, you know, by ordering food to be delivered to Mm -hmm. the, to the hospital Mm -hmm. for them. It's good to know that you can accept it though. Cause it would be super shitty if somebody ordered like 300 donuts from their Mm -hmm. local vegan bakery and you're like, sorry, we can't have these. <laughs> those are expensive donuts, vegan donuts. They're like five bucks each. They They're not those lotto donuts and ice cream price donuts. But I'm oh. definitely going to be expecting some vegan donuts. Yes. We'll hook you up, girl. Don't you worry. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Cassie. Next time we will have you on in studio for sure. Yay. I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about when all of this coronavirus is all done yes Yes. i cannot wait that it will it will pass but until then we hope you um stay safe and healthy and um, thank you so much cassie for coming on and blessing us thank you you guys too you know i love you i miss you and i can't wait to see you again yes we can't wait either well thank you guys so much for joining our special edition episode make sure you follow rate and review our podcast and stay tuned next week for our normally scheduled program yes and then cassie before we let everyone go what's your ig handle um instagram you can find me at dr dr period majestic underscore md perfect so make sure to follow her because she keeps her stories are awesome and keep you abreast and also You can get to know her and her husband and her doggy. So, all right, girl. Thank you so much. Thank you, listeners. Take care. Thank you.